0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code ARSCAST at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Marca Mesuto Özil. Bellerín, this is Arscast Extra.
0: Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always, with James from Gunner Blog. Good morning to you. Good morning. It feels like this is going to be a podcast where there's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, I know it does. Well, fateful words, let's see. Imagine yeah. if we run out of steam after five minutes now. That would be awkward.
0: Oh, God. Now I've got stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It's been some weekend, it has to be said.
1: It really has. Mm. Eventful.
0: Yeah, for... Certainly. In the, in the entire world, it's been kind of eventful, you know. Um, as somebody who has spoken previously about... Doing it with a cow. How do you view your Prime Minister?
1: I mean, he's he's really taken the biscuit, hasn't he? He's really superseded me in that respect. Mm. Um, quite extraordinary. Probably one of the most extraordinary news stories I've ever seen. Especially because, did you ever see the Black Mirror episode, written by Charlie Brooker, I think it was, about yeah. almost exactly this happening? Mm.
0: That's prescient, isn't it?
1: Yeah, or he heard something. No, he said
0: on Twitter that he he didn't have any inside information. I just—it's one really? of those things, isn't it? That you could say, "Well, this is quite ludicrous. What if I make the prime minister fuck a pig?" That's not—that <laughs> could never happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: and yet, and yet, here we yet. are. But Don't maybe we shouldn't focus. Politician. On. Yes, we we probably should uh, uh, move on to to more important things. Um, and speaking of being fucked felt a bit mm. like we got that done to us this weekend. It uh, did, didn't it? Yeah,
1: it really did. In all the bad ways. Mm. Um yeah, it was pretty oh, pretty pretty frustrating day all in all. That's putting it lightly.
0: Yes, it is. It is. And look, uh, I suppose okay, where do we start with this because obviously there's 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 ire to be directed at diego costa, jose mourinho, at mm. chelsea just for being chelsea, at mike dean, uh, at all kinds mm. of things. so where where should we start? should we like put arsenal's side of things first like gabriel, should he have reacted or or how do we start this? i don't quite i don't quite know. i feel once we get going into this we'll we'll be good, but you know, it's just
1: i feel like it i feel like it begins and ends with diego costa, does it not? i feel like he was sort of the the catalyst for all the events that unfolded.
0: Yeah, he certainly was. Um, um, third minute word of for the him game. Anyway, okay. Well, third minute of the game. He's running through midfield. He trips mm. himself up. As far as I could see, I didn't see any contact from Cockerlan. He sat on the ground and gestured at the referee to, to book Cockerlan.
1: Unseemly, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's ungentlemanly conduct. I think genuinely that that gesture should re- result in a booking for whoever does it that's my my opinion whether yeah. it's uh were, diego costa or an arsenal player don't do that
1: there was a brief period where um where that was the case when the referees would dish out a booking for that but yeah. it seems like they've really got pretty lax on that
0: now yeah they don't seem to care
1: no no. In fact, sometimes they heed the advice more
0: worryingly. <laughs> uh, luckily, not in that case. Uh, Coquelin didn't get booked for that. Um, okay, so then we have the coming together with Koscielny in the box. Costa grabs him by the face. He sort of tries to mm. push his face off his face. Like... Uh, yes. You know, like... um Yeah.
1: Like in just that, gently nudge it away from the, the skull.
0: Mm, sort of like Silence of the Lambs, you know, and Anthony Hopkins or, or, or um, what's his name?
1: His mate, yeah, the peeling stuff away. Yeah, and then he, he, he rests away. it
0: over his face and then just and then just slides it off then to, to escape uh, into the night. Was... Hannibal Lecter, that's the guy. So it was a bit like that and then he swung an arm out he cut Kisielny, and he caught Koscielny and Koscielny just kind of kept focused on the ball.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, which mm. I mean is commendable, hugely commendable, because that was, there were several offences, as you say, in succession. I think the worst one was the last one, the kind of outstretched arm. I think he was fully aware that that arm would be making contact with Kashyani's face. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, Kashyani behaved immaculately in response to that.
0: Mm. You can't raise your hands. That, that's what we see every single time. You, you can't raise your hands. There's no yeah. just of We remember Jeremy Aliadier getting a, a red card from Middlesbrough. Well, I certainly remember for, for touching somebody on the face, just like literally touching them on the face. And he got yeah. a red card plus an extra game ban because they appealed it. And they were told that this was a frivolous appeal because you just can't raise your hand. So for me, there's like two red card offences there from Costa on, on Koscielny. Then the chest bump itself, that a red card?
1: I don't know if that is for me. I am not sure I would like it to be. It certainly cumulatively would be going that way though, right? If you if you take into account other things he's done, it's definitely it was definitely unnecessary. It was definitely aggressive. Mm. Um so maybe um, what would you say? Would you've made that a red card? I mean, look,
0: he he's the one that squared up to Cassiani and knocked him over. it, it felt a little bit uh, layman and Drogba that kind of that that little bit, you know? you remember that yeah. the way those two got it on a couple of a good few years ago I was going to say a couple of years ago but much of my life has gone past since then so um yeah that was a good few years ago it you know maybe that in itself not really you could see how he would get a yellow card for that but on top of like trying to scrape his face off and then hitting him in the face in the first place uh you know it, it's definitely cumulative cumulatively um close to close to a red card
1: yeah, I mean, Koscielny went down pretty hard, but I think he was genuinely caught uh, off guard and off mm. balance by it. You know, do um, you? I don't think, think it was. Sorry, go on. Do you
0: think Mike Dean saw that or the other incidents?
1: <sighs> I don't know actually. I've not seen an angle that allows me to form an opinion on that. Yeah. Do, do you? Do you know definitively? I
0: don't know. I think he had his back turned to um, the the chest bump thing. I think he was going back up the pitch and. Uh, that's when it all kicked off, and Gabriel became involved, and he had to turn around and uh, and look and see what happened. But you know, we have this um, this situation where Gabriel's subsequent kick out at, at, at Costa was spotted, uh, and I mm. don't know uh, quite who saw it or exactly who saw it, but uh, that they could see that, but not see uh, the the face ripping. Uh, just. just um, It's beyond belief, really, to me, to be perfectly honest. So what what about Gabriel's decision to get involved?
1: Well, first of all, Gabriel trots over, and is that not where Costa sort of uh, scratches him on the neck or something like that? There's there's an altercation there Mm -hmm. where Costa raises his hands again, Uh, and again, he's first with that. He's the initial aggressor. Gabrielle sort of pushes his arm away, and then Costa goes for him again. Then is there not the thing where he pats him on he pats him on the back or the chest yeah, in a very and, aggressive manner
0: and the two of them pat at each other in a quite an aggressive manner yeah
1: yeah i mean that was sort of very strange behavior from costa like you know very clearly disguising reconciliation sorry disguising aggression as reconciliation and then they trot back there's a bit of talking going on gabriel's talking behind his hand and then he, i mean it's so. I've seen it compared to David Beckham against Argentina in 1998 when he sort of flicked out. I'm sure. I think. I think it was probably even less than that in terms of the contact. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's anything that sent Costa to ground or even seemed to cause him any particular pain. He he was affronted by it, but I don't think he was injured specifically. No, or, not at all. Hurt. He's wearing
0: shin no, pads. Not,
1: yeah, I don't think. It, I don't think it did anything to him. Mm. Of no, and I'm not convinced. The referee saw it. It was one of those where the referee kind of blew up and did that walking away thing. And your all, all you find yourself wondering is what's he's being told in his ear because I don't think there's any way. As, although it was right close to him, he wasn't looking at ground level. So yeah. how could he have known exactly what unfolded?
0: Exactly, exactly. So who gave him the information? And if it was a, an assistant, how can an assistant see that and not see the the other incidents with with Diego Costa? That's I mean, that's it's the thing.
1: By this point, they've both been booked. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They've both been booked, both- and then they moved back into midfield uh, together. Mike Dean's management of the situation was really, really poor. Uh, you know, separate the players, make them go different directions. Um, perhaps mm-hmm. there's some onus on on our players to do to do something in that regard. And I have to say that perhaps if, if Mertesacker or Arteta had been on the pitch. I'm not sure that they would have allowed that situation to continue to bubble into midfield the way that it did. You know,
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've I seen think...
0: people criticise Cazorla, but look, I don't, I don't necessarily see that uh, as, a, as a criticism of Cazorla per se. I just think that more naturally, Arteta and Murtisacker would have been aware of that situation. You could see Coquelin was yeah. actually aware of it. He came over.
1: To me, to me, that's like criticizing Casula for not being taller. You know, it's it's not him. It's not his Mm. personality. Never has been. There are other people in the squad who who take those roles. I mean, one of the shames is that one of probably the most experienced player on the pitch, Peta Cech, isn't actually. He's not going to run fifty yards to split that up. You know, he's actually stuck in goal. So there's a limit to the kind of leadership he can provide. Um, But obviously, it goes without saying. Gabriel should not have risen to it. You know, like uh, there's no way mm. that going into this game, Arsenal's players weren't fully aware of what Diego Costa does. Yeah. Um, and in the week, in the week where Olivier Giroud was sent off so easily, you know, we saw, we had such close hand experience of how easy it is to get on the wrong side of a referee and how easy it is to get yourself dismissed. Obviously there should have been a greater awareness of what was at stake. Mm. Um that said, it seems that there is some history between the two players. Is that right? There's an incident uh, in La Liga last year, um, and Gabriel is, you know, he's an aggressive guy. He's a bit of a no-nonsense defender. If 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 uh, Costa was playing the part of ruud van Nistelrooy, he's the guy most likely to fill the boots of Martin Keown. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is um, it. This is it. I mean, look, we get we get all the time about how Arsenal are too soft, all the time, and and look. You want them to channel the aggression in the right way, of course, and you don't want players to back down, but at the same time, you know, you can't criticize on the one hand that we're too soft, and when somebody says, okay, well, I'm not fucking taking this from this guy, I'm going to have a go, you can't criticize him for that either. Maybe you could be, you know, slightly critical that he took it too far, but not for doing it in the first place.
1: Yeah. Do you think, I mean, it's interesting, interesting. if the the yellow cards hadn't been awarded when they were, if the referee had waited until the incident had completely uh, finished and, you know, Gabriel had given out that little kick and then he dished out two yellows, do you think that would have been appropriate punishment for the situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, well, depends what he saw. I mean, clearly, for me, he's only punishing Costa for, for the incident, for the coming together with Gabriel. Not for mm. what happened previously with Casialmi, which is why I hold out some vague hope that uh, the, there'll be some retro retrospective punishment for Costa. But I don't. I for think me, there should be, yeah. yeah, I think there should be too. I think it, it's it's ridiculous that it's even questionable, you know. F- uh, but for me, the bigger issue isn't so much Diego Costa because we all know what he's like. We know he's a, a spiteful, snide, angry, aggressive cunt of a man, and he will do whatever he can get away with so the the mm-hmm. the the problem isn't so much him and we can't hold our hands up and say we haven't had players that like to you know bend the rules or step over the line from time to time we we can't do that as arsenal fans there's no moral high ground here the issue is the system as good player put it on his back which allows and continues to allow cheaters to get away with stuff uh, uh, and like why wouldn't he why wouldn't he try and uh, scrape someone's face off? Because he knows he can get away with it, that he doesn't get punished. So, number I, I one... Know,
1: but I know I know that he's not the issue, but how is it that he... personally? Because I agree that I don't think he's a madman. I don't think he's a, a wild animal. I think when, when you look at him in these incidents, and I think he, he's fully aware of what he's doing. Oh, it's calculated, knows, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I don't think he's out of control at all. I think he, he he's playing a game, and he seems very conscious of where that line is and how far he can push it but and he hasn't been sent off in five years Diego Costa you know
0: well well, what was the brilliant story that he got away played 81 minutes without committing a foul
1: (laughs) (laughs) crazy yeah but why is it that he as an individual seems I don't know nothing seems to stick to him how is it that he's so able to manipulate the officials in this way is it I don't know. Is it is it because he's an attacker and he gets away with more? I mean, is it as simple as that? Is it because he's just very snide and very smart in what he does, or do you hold the referees at fault for for failing to clamp down?
0: Uh, I think it could be a, a combination of all of those things. I think he's quite clever at what he what he does. I mean, the stuff with Koscielny was probably the most obvious kind of stuff i've seen from him but you you can be quite sure that he's the he's the kind of forward that stands on your toe that gives you a little pinch that pulls your shirt you know a wind-up merchant absolutely and i think you know in the in in the outrage and frustration i i would hate to see the game sanitized to the point where players with an edge who have that bit of aggression who can who can bring a bit of something to a game? I think there's 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 got to be room for that in football. There has to be, otherwise it becomes it becomes too nice. The problem is when we can all see that there are ways and means of uh, behavior that goes over the line, being punished, and it's not used. Repeatedly, it's not used. I'll go back to what I was saying on the blog about video evidence. It was uh, from the time it started kicking off with. With uh, Gabriel and Costa, and by the time they'd moved back into midfield, and by the time he uh, dished out the yellow cards, and then the red card, and then there was all the the running around, um, Gabriel taking offence to being sent off, which you know I kind of understand. He lost his his rag a bit. There was it was at least three or four minutes had passed by, with no football mm-hmm. being played. The ball was out of play. Czech was waiting to take a goal kick or whatever the hell it was, um, or a freak. Yeah, it was a goal kick. So in that three to four minutes, you can't tell me that uh, an official sitting there watching replays of everything that happened, of what led to the incident between Gabriel and Costa, because Gabriel wasn't reacting to nothing. The referee's got to be aware that he was re- reacting to something rather than just saying, oh, I don't like the look of him. I think I'll do. I'll come over and have a go. You know, in course, all he was that... Provoked, yeah. Yeah, Well, he wasn't provoked. He was standing up for for Koscielny, what he felt was unfair treatment of Koscielny. But in all of that time, an official could have watched the replays and seen Costa with his hands in Koscielny's face, and he could have seen him hit out with his uh, left hand, swinging an arm out at Koscielny, hitting him in the face again, and and bit in the earpiece of Mike Dean and said, "Uh, that's a right card for Costa. Send him off. And, you know, there we have... Okay, the Arsenal player is punished for reacting stupidly to the provocation of Costa when they move back into midfield. But the guy who started it all, the instigator and the aggressor, is also punished. And rightly punished. And punished on the day because it's no good to us now if Costa gets a three-game ban. That's a bag of shit. We've already lost the game. We've had to play 10 men against 11 against the champions. And no sense, There's no justice from an Arsenal point of view if Costa is now banned for three games. That do, that makes no difference to us.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. The retrospective action is vital and it should happen, but it's it's also something of a red herring because those are three points now that we can't recover. Mm. Uh, and as much as it pains me to say it, what happened with Costa, for me, did decide the outcome of this match.
0: Yeah. For sure, I mean, look, I, we we should have we should have defended the the set piece better, absolutely. Yeah, but the chances of winning that game were were pretty much out the window as soon as you're down to ten men away from home against the champions. You know, it's mm. it's absolute bollocks that there's no way that um, that video technology or these this resistance to using video technology is now ludicrous. You know, there's um, too many luddites. Uh, involved in the running of football, who think that somehow the game will be ruined by uh, by using technology or video evidence, when a, a, a quite good game of football was actually ruined by the lack of it.
1: Absolutely. So how do how Absolutely. do they,
0: I don't know. But anyway, Mike Dean as well, I think he's got to take some responsibility for not controlling the situation, um, for being. I think he
1: had a poor game, a poor game throughout, really. And to be honest, to a certain extent, on both sides, you know there was a Koscielny tackle late on that could have been punished by another booking that he let go. And I think he sort of lost control of aim after yeah. that Costa incident.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Cazorla, Cazorla red card really, uh, you know, two fouls and maybe both were worthy of yellow cards. But like, you, Jesus, a bit of common sense is very rarely applied in, in the game these days. So, you know, Dean... Uh, As we know, he likes to put himself front and centre. I I would like to see him pay the price for his poor display, for what he missed, for what he and his officials, his assistants also um, missed out on on some very important things there. So, Hmm. anyway, there you go.
1: There you go. Annoying. Well, yeah, certainly annoying. Certainly annoying. And it's very frustrating because you know, we went into this game talking about Chelsea's vulnerability potentially and Arsenal hoping to break their duck, as it were, against Jose Mourinho in a Premier League game. And I feel like that opportunity just disappeared with that red card and with that incident. Mm. And uh, ultimately, we're left feeling frustrated, but for for different reasons. And that's a, a difficult thing to reconcile.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a strange one, all right. Um, mm. So, yeah, what 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 else do we take from this game then? I mean, do... Arsene Mourinho was... Obviously, critical of Mike Dean, he was critical of Diego Costa. He wants to see retroactive punishment, retrospective punishment. Uh, I think we all we all do, but there are lessons that we have to take from from this game as well. I mean, do we have a disciplinary problem at the moment?
1: Maybe. I mean, I think it's it's less that, but it's more the absence of figures you mentioned, like Murtersaker, uh, like Arteta. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a you know, a two-bit Sky pundit, but maybe there is a, an issue of leadership on the field or just someone with that sort of natural authority mm. uh, to kind of manage those situations a little better during games. Um, when you look, when you go through the team from 1 to 11, there aren't obvious candidates to do that. I think Czech is one, uh, but he's limited in terms of what he can contribute. Yeah, in of respect. course, of course. Um, so so maybe there's a, a question mark there. You know, three sending us off in two, in the space of four days, is never going to look good. Mm. Um beyond that I think there are some causes for concern obviously I don't think the defending was particularly good at all on on the opening goal for Zuma um and I thought that going forward maybe some some troubling signs I know you talked on your blog about Alexis I think he looks some way from his best at the moment
0: I think that's I think that's true um yeah how much should we be worried about that because it might just be a case that a goal sparks him into life. That, that's all he needs to get his season going. But, you know, these are these are big games, and you're looking at big players making contributions. And the issue of not taking chances reared its head again. You don't get 20 chances like we did against Stoke. You don't get that against Chelsea. So this efficiency no. that we're lacking in front of goal, the the ball was there for Alexis to score to equalize with 10 men uh i wouldn't have said necessarily that that we didn't deserve that you know i thought up to 11 versus 11 it was pretty even we had some nice moves um played some played some okay football they were a little bit on top as you would expect they're at home they had to go for it a bit you know mm-hmm. they really had to ha- have a go at us so i thought we'd cope pretty well overall but yeah that was, that was worrying for me that um the the chance that he had was was missed quite so badly. I think had it well, been another player, there would have been people going bananas.
1: Well, I think knowing what we do of his character, well, you know, there may be an explanation there. I, I think I don't think another Premier League player has taken more shots on than Alexis, certainly mm. without scoring a goal. And he's not the kind of guy to when things aren't going his way kind of relax into that and wait for it to come. He doesn't have that sort of Theo Walcott attitude we spoke about last week of, well, you know, I have confidence in my ability and the girls will go. He, he's someone who will force try and force the issue, I think. He's someone who will try and make things happen to try and run himself out of a rut. And I wonder if that can have a negative impact on your game. You know, if you're almost trying too hard, mm. uh, c- can that can that create a problem for you? I don't know. I mean... You know, that's such a positive aspect of his game at times. But when things aren't going your way, trying to force it too often um, may become a bit of an issue. So I, I, I am concerned by that because he's played an awful lot of football. You know, World Cup last summer, pretty gruelling Premier League campaign, first season without a winter break for several years, and then into the Copa America where you know he went all the way right until the last kick. So although he has had a break, I do wonder about the the strain sort of physically and mentally that he's been under in that time. And, you know, you you have to wonder if it might be worth, he would absolutely hate it, but taking him out of the firing line for a little bit of time until he can recover. I don't necessarily believe that just playing yourself back into form is always the best solution.
0: That'd be a hugely brave move though, wouldn't it? Because, uh, you know, the team is, the team is not playing. Yeah, we need results and we need our best players on the pitch. And, you know, we need our best players to be in the positions that he was in against Chelsea, but just to be just to finish, you know, it's not as if he was, <laughs> you know, I thought in general, he had a fairly poor game. He lost the ball quite a lot during that game mm. by, by doing too much with it. So maybe there's a, an element of, of telling him, look, simplify your game, give it to somebody, keep moving, look for it back. Don't try and beat four or five men time and time again when it's not working for you you know um but yeah i think that would be a hugely brave move and i, I really can't see it really can't see it happening particularly as we've got a, an important game coming up on on wednesday um, well
1: it takes on i feel like it takes on a lot more importance now you know yeah. like uh, off the back of two defeats a third defeat on the bounce against tottenham is pretty unpalatable
0: yeah what 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 way would you approach this because there's obviously with the capital one cup a tradition or a history of of rotation of of giving fringe players a chance uh we saw the manager rotate six t- six players for for the midweek game in Zagreb last week that didn't work so do you think that will spell a bit more caution from him in terms of the number of changes that he makes he's obviously going to have to make one with gabriel out anyway and cuz Cazor- is cuz Cazor- out the- for this one
1: he will be yeah yeah uh, so I mean, it's, uh, there'll be a couple of enforced changes there. I imagine certainly the goalkeeper will change. I think uh, David Ospino... Oh, I wouldn't. Probably, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. I really wouldn't. I I wonder if he'll... You know, he stuck with uh, Fabianci and Chesney in, right, all the way in the Cup competitions to the final last mm. year. I think he'll... I imagine he'll employ the same policy this year. I just think for um, this
0: game, you know, the the... It's not so much the importance of the competition, but the importance of this game and the context of our season and, and what we need yeah. to do in response to the last two games, two defeats, I think, play your play your best side. Play the best possible side what, we can put out. Maybe one or two changes.
1: Of, what did you make of uh, the fact that Alexis and Ozil were the two players withdrawn against Chelsea? Did you did you just think that was because maybe they were a bit tired having stayed on the pitch uh, in midweek in Europe? or It, yeah. it was just a... An odd thing to me to see our two you know, marquee players being the ones to come off at a time when we were chasing a game. Mm,
0: yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's uh, a message from the manager about the contribution that he wants from them. I thought Ozil uh, put himself about a bit, actually, in the second half and uh, was quite strong, won a couple of good tackles. And I think it was a tackle from Ozil uh, in the centre circle that brought about that chance for Alexis. Um, but yeah, maybe it was a question of them being tired, but uh, as well... When you are down to 10 men, it's difficult. Uh, there is a, a sense, though, that we're not quite getting as much as we should be getting from those two guys this season. I yeah. know it's early days and there's probably reasons for it, but just in very general terms, what what we're getting from Alexis and from Ozil maybe isn't quite enough.
1: I mean, to put it bluntly, those two players of that calibre they, this year, having had the period of acclimatisation that they've had, having achieved what they have in the game, should be individuals who are in contention for the major solo awards. They're two guys who both have the talent to be the player of the year this mm. season. You yeah. know, there's no question about that in my mind. And are at present, you couldn't put either in that bracket in terms of what they've offered. So there's definitely more to come from them. And perhaps Wenger is mindful of that. Sure. I mean, I, I, I,
0: uh, yeah, I mean th- for me... The talent that they have; th- these are two guys that should be bossing games between them. Mm. They should be able to take control of of certain games, and I don't mean that they should take control against uh, Chelsea where, when you're down to ten men away from home. But I do think, in more general terms, that we ought to get we ought to get a bit more from them. And I hope that's the case. I, I would play both of them against uh, Tottenham on Wednesday.
1: Well, look, I would love to see a full strength. Team against Tottenham. Mm. Um, I, I don't think Arsene would have planned for that. I think ideally he'd be rotating in this game, but I do just wonder if circumstances will force his hand. I mean, he has to field a strong team because I do think you know we're we, a handful of games into the season, sort of six or seven or so. We've suffered. I think it's seven games, three defeats. Mm. I think if we were go to eight, four and eight, wouldn't look pretty at all. No, um, especially with all the talk coming into the season about how important it was to make a, a positive start.
0: Yeah, and I think Tottenham are going to play a fairly strong side as as strong a side as they can put out.
1: I think they have to target this competition, you know. I, I think top 4 is a big ask for them given the, the, the quality of some of the other squads in this league. So domestic car must be a real priority and mm. I think that I think it will be the strongest Tottenham team. All right. Well,
0: we'll uh we'll see what we do. We'll uh, we'll cover that game in the Arscast on Friday. But anyway, look, there's uh, part 1 of this week's Arscast extra. We'll be back with part 2, your questions and more right after this. Welcome back to the Arscast extra. The Arscast extra brought to you today by Squarespace. James you used to have a, a blog. Do you remember? You've got this name, Gunner Blog. There's a blog. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. It rings a bell.
0: Yeah. But, you know, you used to write on it and stuff.
1: Yeah, I know. No. Halcyon days, weren't they?
0: They sure were. But if you were starting a website now, I'm going to give you five reasons why you should use Squarespace. All right? Reason okay. number one, sites look professionally designed and there's no coding required. I know for a fact you're not good at any of that.
1: I am absolutely useless at both design and code, so Mm. I'm intrigued. I'm I'm already on board.
0: All right. Easy-to-use tools. I know that you struggle with anything a bit more than a stone to crack nuts open.
1: Yeah, I could sort of get by with a flint, but anything Mm. more advanced is is troubling.
0: Okay. Uh, State-of-the-art technology, which keeps your site up and running, so you don't have to worry about the server guy or anything like that.
1: Well, you've had many emails from me in the past about (laughs) servers, and I don't even really know what a server is. Uh, If it's not in a restaurant, I'm confused. Mm. So, yeah, okay, interesting.
0: Uh, It's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world, and I know how you like to be associated with with the top brands. We all know that.
1: Yeah, well, if they pay me, Mm. certainly, that's that's absolutely fine.
0: And uh, final one, it starts at just $8 a month, and you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year.
1: That's actually a very good deal. As a man who just had to renew a load of domains, getting a free domain name at $8 a month, not too bad. Not
0: too bad at all. Gunnerblog2.com, that's what it should be. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah.
0: So if you're looking to start a website, you should look at squarespace.com. You can start a free trial today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. Uh, and when you uh, try it out and decide that this is the best thing ever, when you sign up, make sure you use the offer code RSCAST at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, and, yeah, I can't ask for more than that. Squarespace, do it. Amazing.
1: Guys, start a blog, and then in 10 years' time, you'll be doing it less and just talking about shit instead. Yes. Imagine. That's the stuff.
0: Now, the other thing we've got to talk about, apart from Squarespace, mm-hmm. is the Arscast Extra live. Live. It's back. It's back.
1: And it's live. It's live.
0: Um, Yeah. Do you think Martin Tyler's under instruction to do that?
1: Like do they? You I know. don't know. I think it'd be really funny if his bosses hate it and they tell him not to do it every yeah. game, and then just before they go to break, he sneaks it in.
0: Yeah, he does sneak it in, and sometimes it's ridiculous because he goes, "It's Manchester United versus Arsenal. It's after the break, and it's live, <laughs> and it's live, and it's live." But anyway, Monday, but like, October the fifth, mark it in your diaries. It's in mine already. Arscast extra. Arscast Live,
1: live, live.
0: Um, live, coming to you from somewhere near Highbury in Islington. We will give you yep. full details this week uh, where you can get tickets and, uh, and everything else that's going on. And it comes just after the Manchester United game on Sunday, the 4th of October.
1: So that'll be exciting. So we can all sit down and talk about how the referee uh, and... Opposition managed to screw us out of victory in that game. Yeah,
0: too. who will it be? My my guess is Wayne Rooney and uh, Mark Clattenburg. Is he still doing stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or it Michael seems like
1: Oliver? A unholy union. Michael, Michael Oliver. Oliver, the man. Never trust a man with two first names.
0: Yeah, Oliver and Rooney. That's that's yeah. that's what it's going to be. So uh, okay, there will be a bar at this venue, so you can all come along and we can, um, you know. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Drink, drink. That's exactly it. <laughs> there you go. We can drink together to uh, help lift our spirits after what will be another <sighs> disheartening day, dispiriting
1: day. Yeah, we go, we, guys. This is a reverse jinx we're employing here. I mean, I don't know if me calling that out has sort of ruined it, but that, you know, hopefully we win, and then so it'll, be a, it'll yeah. be a party atmosphere. Imagine that would be amazing. Yes, we can have balloons, I'll bring the Haribo. Mm. Yes, exactly, cake, whatever you want. Haribo, wow. Pass the parcel.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Musical chairs. All the games. I'm all for it. Yes. All for it. So that's uh, Monday, October 5th. Uh, Keep an eye on arseblog.com and on our Twitters uh, for more details on that. So, Mm. now, questions and stuff. I suppose we should preface this by saying a lot of the questions involve the word Costa and pig. Mm. (laughs) Yes. For some reason.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? It's mm. This confluence of ideas. I mean, who should go first on this auspicious occasion? I am going to let you go first. What generous man you uh, are. I certainly am. Okay, so, <laughs> so this goes with... Uh, this comes from uh, at Ole Gunner. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know that's... if that's Ole as in Ole Gunner Solskjaer or Ole as in Ole. Is, is it
0: Ole or Ole? That could be the issue. Uh,
1: Ole. I think it's Ole. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an umlaut on the O. I, I'm not, I mean, but then a lot of Arsenal fans have that. It's Does that then become Ule? I
0: don't know. Ule.
1: Yeah. Ule. Anyway, he asks, mm-hmm. and look, I doff my cap to this chap, Ule, for putting a positive spin on things. He asks, have we played a more comfortable first half against Chelsea in the last four or five years? Good question.
0: Um, it, n- it never felt like we were under real pressure. They had a couple mm. of shots, I think. Pedro, he looks like, dare I say it, I don't want to like, jinx him, or, but it, there was a whiff of the Andros Townsend off Pedro, wasn't there? Lots of right. shots, but none of them going anywhere near the goal, really. I think there was okay. one that Jack yeah. had to save. Uh, and I expected them to be a bit more on t- The first maybe 15, 20 minutes, I was looking at it going, you know what, they're actually um, they're they're sitting back. And they're going to try and hit us on the counter, which is kind of what they like to do. Uh, but then we we sort of sat back and invited them onto us. Overall, I thought we defended pretty well. The mm-hmm. the crosses weren't very dangerous. Uh, Czech wasn't under any real pressure. Montreal, I thought, defended very well at times when there was a, a sniff of danger when they got between the lines. So yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was, and that just adds to the frustration of the the red card and the the contrary of Costa and the incompetence of Mike Dean.
1: Yeah, I think I feel that last season, to be honest, we were we were sort of in the game as well at Stamford Bridge until, I feel like, you know, we give a good of account of ourselves and then it's just the finest, finest of margins that one incident, you know, changes the dynamic of the match. Mm. Um, and last year it was the, the penalty decision uh, where Eden Hazard slung through and was brought down and, and this year it happened to be the sending off and it's, it's in those tiny, tiny areas that Chelsea, I think, are superior to us. Those kind of intangibles, you know. I, I think I said the other day it's the kind of stuff there's no there's no stat for on a video game. You know, it's kind of game gamesmanship, game management, and in those tiny incidents, we do sometimes fall down. But I, mm. I do think, I mean, it's difficult to be positive, but I do think there is progress being made in the fact that there is a, a massive difference between the way we lost this game and the way we lost, say. The 6 nil match, I know that's sort of an outlier in itself, but I think there has been a shift in attitude and approach mm. from Arsenal that, I don't know, is at least moving towards uh, that sort of landmark victory over Chelsea that still eludes us. It yeah. is quite extraordinary now that we haven't even fluked one, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the law of averages has got to be, got to work in our favour at some point, no?
1: Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. They're worrying that we're coming to rely on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A few people mentioned that uh, on the Arscast on Friday. Myself and Tim Stillman had a little conversation about uh, Gabrielle and Costa. I don't know if you heard it, but this is this is what it this is what it went like.
1: So you know, there's potentially a, a really good battle there, and I, I think it's one that that Gabrielle is is, is showing form for at yeah. the moment.
0: So you're you're saying uh, Gabrielle red card then?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if he really really hits the cunt, I'll forgive him. To be honest.
0: So there you go. <laughs> he didn't Very even impressive. really hit him, yeah? Wow. I Do you mean,
1: think somebody actually did say? Actually, I, I forget who it was, but one of the questions said, "Having been sent off, should Gabrielle have just, you know, completely taken, tossed out? <laughs> would, would you have enjoyed that?"
0: No, no, I don't. I mean, look, we we'd all like to see it, kinda, because it's just ridiculous and violent, and you know, when you're when your blood is up and and everything else. Yeah, who wouldn't want to see Costa get a dig in the chops? But uh, the, you know, in reality, you you can't do that. You can't do that. Although mm. I do think if he hadn't been held back, Gabriel might might actually have had a go at it. Uh, you know, really? number, yeah. If you look at the the the, the stuff, uh, Bellerin comes across. I think Cockerline comes across. It's Oscar who's who's in the way as well. Um, you know, Mike Dean sends him off. And then sort of looks on in horror as he sees Gabrielle running towards towards all the action Costa, I assume was hiding behind Ivanovitch like a baby um mm. because uh i'd say when i'd say when he 's fronted up he he probably doesn't like it, you
1: know no, probably not I imagine yeah, um I think he is predominantly front i 've actually got a question of my own, if you can believe it, sure because um, i haven't seen this one, you might have it, but i haven 't seen this one among the many submitted, which is. How how big a setback is this for Gabriel? Having having started in a game of the significance, I know Mertesacker uh, wasn't ready as it transpired, but do you think this is a, a setback for him? It felt like he had some real, as Tim was saying in that little clip, some real momentum going into this game and was sort of starting to get a bit of a, a foothold in the eleven.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to miss three games and it opens the door for Mertesacker to come back in alongside Koscielny. I... I mm. My suspicion is that he would have anyway at some point because if we talk about the leadership or the lack of leadership um Sacker gives you that you know he he is a naturally um he is naturally one of those kind of players who's got some authority mm. on the pitch who's got calmness and assurance uh, and maybe that's something that we have been missing particularly after uh two defeats in a row uh I think he he still will see Murta and Koscielny as his number one partnership, but yeah, it is unfortunate mm-hmm. for Gabriel because he 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 has played well. He's he's been strong and quick, and he's defended uh, he's defended bravely at times. Uh, he's good on the ball, looks quite assured at the back there, doesn't he? You know, there's no there's no. Sometimes you, we used to have the odd centre half when, when he was on the ball. You're like, oh shit what's going to happen here where is this pass going to go and I think we have got quite used to, if you look at their passing statistics Sacker and Koscielny are both excellent passers of the ball they don't waste mm. it they very rarely hump it forward unless they really have to and I think that's part of uh, part of the way the manager wants to play and Gabriel seemed to fit very well in that and now if Mertesacker comes in and, and slots in beside Koscielny and we win a couple of games you don't change it you know so that that, that is an unfortunate thing for him but that's that's the consequence of, of behaving the way he did. Um, so he's just going to have to buckle down and, and and get on with it. So
1: so there you go. I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, I think opportunities will come around, you know, just as Mertesacker missed four games with illness and Gabriel will now miss three with suspension. Um, there will be times when Koscielny or, or Mertesacker are absent. I think what's encouraging Uh, on the Gabriel front, is how well he acquitted himself over the last month or so. Mm. And uh, I do think we've got a really, really good signing there. You know, we we were all disappointed to not have that extra central defender in the first half of last season, and that was doubtless an oversight. But to sign a player of that calibre in January for the fee that we did um, was actually a very impressive deal.
0: Mm. All right, here's a question. This comes from Jules at Jules KRS. And he wants to know, has anybody really been able to win a major title recently without being cunts like Chelsea? (laughs)
1: Um, It's difficult, isn't it? Because whoever beats us to the title, however far away we may end up, Mm. we're inevitably going to see them as cunts, really, whatever they do. (laughs) Um, I I, I do think it's interesting, you know, Costa is, uh, he has a very deserved reputation as a wind-up merchant, but he also... Is gaining a reputation as a winner, Uh, and in that respect, he's kind of uh, comparable with his manager, Jose Mourinho, who, you know, does a lot of the darker things in the game, but but brings success with it Mm. invariably. Um, And I think if there has been a criticism of Arsenal in the past, it might have been that you know there is a kind of soft underbelly at times. We can be a little too nice. I think that that's. I think that's been more true in previous uh, iterations of this team. You know, if I think back to the kind of 2007-8 to 2013 era, I think we were softer then than we are now. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I do wonder, to get over that line, you think of Alex Ferguson and what he was prepared to do to win games. And and even the Arsenal teams, characters like Keown, characters like Vieira, who for all his class was a real competitor as well. Yeah. Even someone like Dennis Burkamp, who's the epitome of kind of grace on the football pitch, he wasn't adverse to throwing an elbow when required, or certainly making his presence felt, you know. Yeah, but I mean, even
0: Um, something like, uh, if you remember Ferguson playing Darren Fletcher in certain mm -hmm. games, not necessarily for what Fletcher could bring uh, as a footballer, uh, uh, and he's obviously a a guy who's played a lot of Premier League football, so he's not a complete shit-kicker, but you know he used he, he was a disruptive influence he was used to disrupt the flow of of other teams maybe that's something we've been missing,
1: certainly, and I think the discovery of Cochrane, you know almost by fluke, almost by accident in terms of how he actually ended up with a place in the starting eleven has has been progress on that front, but it doesn't mean that there's not more that we could do in that respect mm. and you know if you think about somebody like a Keone or like a Ray parlor who May have fulfilled a little of that Fletcher function. I don't want to downplay what a good footballer he was. Uh, but would Arsene have ever recruited a player like that? Or, mm. you know, it's kind of, they were part of the squad that he inherited, but would he have gone out and sought a player of that ilk? I don't Flamini. know. Flamini. Um, Flamini. Flamini is one. Um, that's a, a good example. Been others, Grimondi too. Yeah. Wasn't adverse to that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder about that, that little edge. I do think we could do with more of that. And we see it in Alexis. I think we saw it in Gabriel at the weekend to an extent. Martin Kieran himself said he thought it was good that Gabriel stood up for his teammate. You know, he was encouraged by that. And I do think you you need to foster some of that attitude.
0: At this point, we had some technical issues, which James went away to fix. And now he's back, picking up where he left off, but sounding different because he's in a different room.
1: Yeah, and it might sound strange to talk about a player now who didn't actually, wasn't part of the starting 11 for the Chelsea match. But if you look at someone like Olivier Giroud, and I know his performance in midweek in the Champions League has been analysed to death, but mm. if you compare him with Costa, I actually think Giroud's probably got a, a greater level of, of technical ability than Costa, but he doesn't have that same edge, that same willingness to engage in these kind of altercations and battles. And I actually think if he did he would be a, a superior player and maybe more of a winner. And I do think there is something in that, that thing of, you know, can you be too nice as a footballer and is that a characteristic of this team? I know Roy Keane, we sort of laughed off his, his criticism in the summer about being too concerned with selfies and things like that. I think that was probably unduly harsh, but I don't know. I, I do wonder if that competitive streak is quite as present in this Arsenal team as it might be in the others who who go on to to win the thing I mean what's your opinion on it
0: as I said earlier I think there's there's got to be room for players who have an edge and who who make life difficult for for the opposition um maybe there is just a bit too much from an Arsenal point of view of of wanting to do things the right way and I don't know if you can necessarily be critical about that like you know can you be critical of a team that wants to actually just play nice football I suppose you can, in the sense, if it doesn't work or if you don't win, um, it seems it seems a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it, that you could you could be critical of a team or or players for for not being like absolute wankers? But that's the reality of top level sport at times. So yeah, look a, a bit more of that, um, but obviously within reason. You don't want to be the Diego Costa guy. You don't want to see some guy trying to rip off a defender's face. Um, so, yeah.
1: I mean, um, on that subject, Rob Sell, I am Rob Sell, asks, would you take Diego Costa in a parallel universe? How would you feel about someone of that nature if they were playing in our colours rather than the, the opposition?
0: Maybe it's my Arsenal fan bias, but I feel like if we had a player like that, he would be more punished than Diego Costa is for Chelsea.
1: That's very interesting. That's very interesting. What, why do you... What makes you say that?
0: I I don't know. It's just my set. I mean, it could be just me looking at things with an Arsenal bias, mm. just thinking, okay, well, that's that's the way it would work. You know, the the fight fire with fire thing that went on at the weekend with Gabriel, like yeah, Arsenal too soft. Gabriel fights back. Gabriel gets sent off, and that mm. you know that was that was the this the situation. The rights and wrongs of it aside, we ended up with a player getting sent off. Now, some of that is on us. But also, I think it was a referee who was quite happy to do that. Hmm. If you, you know, it didn't seem willing to send uh, Costa off. He dived in the second half trying to win a penalty. The referee waved play on. He kicked out at oxlade Chamberlain. Surely the the assistant or somebody saw that. So I don't know. Some players just get away with stuff, and I just feel like we're we're the sort of club that gets quite harshly punished for offences which aren't quite as serious as as other clubs. But again, that could be just my Arsenal hat.
1: It it could be. It could be. It'd be interesting to see, of course. Mm. I mean, it's funny we faced a similar conundrum when Arsenal were just signing Luis Suarez, you know, about how we would feel about having a player Mm. who's, I think to be fair though, I think he took it, you know, he he did things that were much worse in my eyes than than some of what Costa's done, Mm. uh, which does at least seem to be confined to Vaguely footballing matters. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, for sure. Is it is it my term for a question? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm struggling here because again, it's like Costa, Pig, Costa, Pig. 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 Um. Yeah. Okay. I've, here,
1: got, I've got more for you if you want. Oh me, yeah. Okay.
0: You yeah. If you've got an- another question.
1: Well, okay, uh, This there's a few on this subject, but um, we don't quite know the extent of it yet, but Tom Wheel at Wheelie Bin 101. Nice little pun on his own name there. I like it. Yeah, I do like that. Although, does anyone want to be compared deliberately with a wheelie bin?
0: But they're very handy things. They I are mean, convenient. do you remember the old bins that you used to... I mean, they were, they were a nightmare. You used to have I to mean, try and lift a really heavy bin outside for the bin men to true. come and take it, and all of a sudden, it's like wheelie suitcases. Like, why what? did it take human beings that long to think, you know, I'll put a fucking wheels on a suitcase?
1: Yeah, because the invention of the wheel came a long way before the invention of the wheelie bin. Sure. The, that... the wheel was invented, then the bin was invented, Yeah, and it took some genius to think, hey, guys, let's combine these two and save ourselves a lot of trouble.
0: There should have been a committee years ago... The wheel committee that would sit down and decide, right, something new has been invented, like a bin or a suitcase. Mm. Does this lend itself to wheels?
1: I'm not sure there's anything that wouldn't be improved by wheels.
0: Apart from more wheels. Like you wouldn't wheels, on wheels on wheels, wheels, is, wheels.
1: is unnecessary. Yeah. But any other object constructed by man, stick a pair of wheels on it, I think it's an upgrade. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I'm looking at a... Looking at a mug here, which has yeah. no wheels on it. But if it did have wheels, I could whizz it back and forth.
1: Yeah, oh, pass me that tea. One yeah. second. Just roll it. I don't even have to leave my seat.
0: Look at, look at, listen, I, you can you can hear this. This is a chair. A chair that for many years was a, a thing people sat on but couldn't do this.
1: Wow. I mean, and, and I can tell, I, I can't see you, but I think we all know you'll have an absolute barrel of laughs. Absolutely.
0: That? And I can twirl, like... See,
1: that was a seating device, it is now a vehicle
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly But anyway, uh, back to the question
1: The question (laughs) Um, Maybe we can use wheels to help solve this problem Stick them on another player, I don't know But he asks, how can we replace Cochlear during his injury? Well, A, we don't quite know how injured he is Well, we don't, but he plays for Arsenal So we can assume he's close to death
0: it's just a moment's silence there for Coquelin. Yes. Uh, how do we replace him? Okay, here is what I would do: I would play Ramsey and Arteta together in the centre of midfield.
1: That is very interesting because there were a couple of sort of follow-up questions. Uh, one from Jane Cavendish, for example, who said, "With Coquelin out and our pressing game gone, uh, is it time to help out Arteta?" by playing three in midfield. so And someone else asked, has Cazorla played well enough in recent weeks to keep his place in the team? That was Howard Dottie. So mm-hmm. I think a few questions about if Cochrane is out, do we have to restructure the midfield slightly to accommodate for his absence? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. I, I, Arteta and Ramsey is a partnership that worked pretty well in the past. Mm-hmm. Ramsey did a lot of the running. Arteta moved the ball about. And, you know, we are we are where we are in terms of uh, available midfielders. There aren't any other real options, are there? If you want to bring in Flamini, by all means. Uh, I wouldn't. I would play Arteta and Ramsey, and maybe Ozil ahead of them.
1: You know, Do I you don't. Think you can afford if you haven't got Cochrane, Can you afford Ozil in that central three? Because when we had Arteta and Ramsey before, I think when that was at its most successful, we probably had Thomas Rosicki in that position, mm. um, who brings a lot more. Probably a lot, of, it's probably fair to say a bit more energy and pressing in terms of what he offers in that number 10
0: spot. Yeah, look, I don't think you can say anyone's played well enough to be completely secure about their place. But maybe the manager has to now think about different ways of getting his team going, his team mm-hmm. moving, because the performances haven't been terrible. But it's fair to say we haven't clicked from an attacking point of view and midfield, uh, it feels imbalanced with Ramsey on the right. You know, we, we've we been down this road with him before. He can do a job out there for sure. But it's not the best job that he'll be able to do for the team. Mm. You know, the best job that he'll be able to do is in midfield, the center of midfield. I think the sooner we get him back in there, the better. For him and for us. Now, what that means in terms of who who's around him, I don't quite know. But... I don't know. I just don't see it as a long-term thing. I don't think the manager ever saw it as a, a long-term thing either. He wants to move him back into the middle. We've seen him try it a couple of times. It hasn't quite worked, and he's reverted to a safety-first way of, of, of picking his team. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if Coquelin is out for a while, I hope he isn't. There was a story in the mirror last night that it was fine, and he could play on, on Wednesday in the Capital One Cup. But I might even like to see Coquelin and Ramsey together.
1: Oh, that would be intriguing, certainly. I mean, mm. we saw it. Was it in the first Premier League game of the season against um, West Ham for mm. the first half? Didn't click too well then. But I do wonder, I, I think especially if Coquelin is out, I think we can expect to see Ramsey restored. There. I think that's how Arsenal will compensate for the loss of physicality that will that mm. happen. Um have you got any more questions, or are you still still running dry over there?
0: I, I'm still running dry. Do you have any more, or is
1: I probably do? I probably do. Let's have um, one more
0: then, and we, we better call this uh, this pig fucker a, a day.
1: <laughs> okay, this is an interesting one. It's almost an ethical dilemma. It's from Gooney Goo Goo <laughs> at Goony Goo <Gugu>, Goo AFC. <laughs> I enjoy that name. It's like a Twitter account's been opened by a baby. And uh, they ask, "Why didn't Kishony go down like a sack of shit when Costa hit him in the face?" We missed a trick there.
0: Because the ball was still in play, and he was focused on doing his job as a defender. That's
1: why. That's a very clear answer. Mm. That's a very clear answer because it's not as if it was an off-the-ball incident where there was no consequence. Had he gone down, mm. and Costa puts the ball in the net if a foul's not given. You know, that's a big. Well, a foul take.
0: wasn't given. Nobody saw it. Amazingly, yeah. so that's why he didn't go down
1: fine. So right. he, he did it absolutely the right thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand what people are saying that, you know, if he had gone down, perhaps it would have sparked some kind of, um, you know, re- refereeing discussion with his with his officials and maybe they would have decided that they'd seen something the way they did with, with Gabriel sending off. So, who knows? But when when the ball's in play, you play the whistle. You know, it wasn't like he was absolutely polaxed either. It was, you know, a few fingers across the nose and I'm I'm not sure it was pleasant, but uh, it
1: was somewhere between a poleaxing and an alley
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, he did the right thing by staying on his feet. Mm. You know, he Absolutely. went down when when Costa bumped him in the chest, and that was off the ball, yeah. Uh, and and the ball was out of play, so he was in, he was right to do it there. Mm. Now, uh, I would have been pretty disappointed in Koscielny if he'd writhed around on the ground because that's part of what we hate about people like Diego Costa because he sure. would have done that. So again it comes back to Ooh. Oh my goodness.
1: Wow, an accident happened here guys. Was that an earthquake? No, it was just me knocking a microphone over, but still exciting.
0: Was quite exciting. Probably the most exciting part of the uh, of the podcast. <laughs> I have I've have one more question. It comes from HC. Yes. At HC Fog 2 okay. T man. Okay. And he wants to know What's the point of anything?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, HC, it's a question I ask myself regularly when I'm walking around knocking microphones over, seeing my team lose mm. due to terrible refereeing decisions. But then something will happen. I'll be walking down to the train station and I'll think, do you know what, I'm going to pop into this shop and I'm going to buy a Kinder Bueno chocolate. Have you ever had a Kinder, Bu- Kinder Bueno
0: um, I think I probably have many years ago.
1: It's like a kind of wafer, and it's got a sort of delicious hazelnut centre to it, and you can mm. get them in milk chocolate or white chocolate variety. Yeah, and I just knock back one of those, and I think maybe it is all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, Do you hear the dog?
1: I can hear the dog. Yeah, see, all the it's the little things that make the difference, don't they? It and is. A, yeah, a dog barking, a Kinder Bueno crumbling between your lips. <laughs> um knocking a microphone over and being able to laugh and chuckle about it, yeah. even though you, you quite hurt your elbow while doing it. <laughs> it's it's these little things. you know. One day, your wrist's broken. The next, it's not. Man. One day, you're wearing a tracksuit. The next day, it's a different tracksuit. Life <laughs> is a mutable thing, and we should all embrace it. And one day, one day, Diego Costa will be dead. That. And that's a cheerful thought, isn't it?
0: It certainly is. I mean how could we all not feel alive on that day?
1: I mean we will be too. So I mean there are there is a downside to everything. Oh, but we focus on the positive like the first question of this section of the podcast. Have we had a half like that Get 4 or 5 years? Look for the look for the little moments of hope.
0: Exactly. The things that make you feel alive like when you're standing um in a in a football stadium and it's half time and you don't really need to go for a wee but you know that at some point in the second half you're gonna so you queue up and then there's like five guys standing behind you waiting to go as well and you're not really ready and you have to concentrate so hard just mm. to start the the trickle and then I you do go a countdown Yeah and then That's it it starts and then maybe it stops again and then and then it starts and you're off and you do it and you do this little half wee and and you come out and you feel god damn it I pre- I performed under the most pressurized environment that there is. I you mean, we really achieved I, something. Yeah, that, day. that really is pressure there.
1: And look, maybe it wasn't a great weekend. Maybe your team lost. Maybe it was unjust, and maybe you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next week. But then maybe something happens, and you find out that the prime minister of your country has fucked a pig in the head. <laughs> and I think we can all just take a little bit of hope from that and just think. Maybe it is all going to be okay. Um, and I
0: think on that note, on that beautiful note, we ought to leave this RS Cast Extra. Mm. Um, we will be back on uh, next week.
1: Next we week. will. We next will. Week. And then the week after, uh, if I've done my maths correctly, we will be live. Live!
0: Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on details for that. We'll be going over the Capital One Cup game uh, on Friday on the RS Cast then, and we'll be back next Monday with a Lester. with a more life way it will have been. Wow, that wasn't that wasn't easy last season either. So
1: no, no, dark times. We will see. All right,
0: well, uh, take it easy, folks. Keep your bits out of pigs, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.
1: <laughs> Cheers. Bye bye.